Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the special preview edition of Live Life Better, brought to you by Virgin. I'm Melissa Hemsley, and I'm very excited to announce the launch of our third season. If you've already listened to the last two seasons, you'll know that I've made it my personal mission to discover how we can all live life better. From our mental health, bodies, relationships, work-life balance, right down to the food on our plates. Launching next week, I'll be back in the studio quizzing experts on how we can all improve our lives. And this time, we're going to be focusing on our senses. From sound, taste, smell, sight and touch, to that gut feeling, our inner guide, that sixth sense. And today, to tease us into the world of the multisensory, I'm joined by the guru of the senses, and that is Sam Bompas. Hello, hello. Hello. Thank you very much for being here. So you are going to take us around the world and back into history and beyond into senses and why we feel the way that we do. You're going to be our sort of our first kickoff onto this journey because it's going to take us a while to get around them all. You're one of the co-founders of Bompass and Par. And to anyone that has never been to one of your events or read much about you, could you please explain what you do and your sort of multi-sensory wizardry and why everybody wants you to be a part of anything they create. The sorts of projects we do are things like uh, cooking with lava, multi-sensory fireworks, so you see fireworks explode in the sky and you actually taste them, or even creating alcoholic architecture where you enter a breathable cloud of gin and tonic that intoxicates you through your lungs and eyeballs. We always try and give people the best night of their lives through their senses. It doesn't always work. I did a project recently and actually a seven-year-old kid came to it and he said it had been the second best day of his <laughs> life. And that's rather wonderful as well. This is amazing. And how long have you been going for? So we've been going for 11 years now. And um, it's been quite, quite an extraordinary journey, not least because we started out making jelly. You're known for your wibbly wobblies. Well, uh, <laughs> well it's, it's kind of all of the problems inherent in quivering jelly as delightful desserts uh, that led us to start experimenting with the other senses. And, and, and really it's because we're trying to make fast architectural jellies that are going to inspire people and we couldn't make them much bigger than a litre, so a foot across. And this is when we looked at how you can pinpoint 
all the other senses. And the easy thing is, there's lots that you can simply do. If you're having a dinner party, if you're having a, a big feast or actually just entertaining people ever, there's lots you can do quite easily to give those sort of same experiences. So let's kick off with sight then, because I'm thinking it's January, it's cold, we've got Blue Monday coming up, where apparently we feel the most unhappy. Talk me through how anyone listening at home, and and I'm really interested myself, how can I stimulate in a nice way my sight centres by or or cheer someone else up by perhaps what I'm wearing or the the colour and vibe I'm giving off? Well, I think sight's incredibly important. It works about 10 times faster than your other senses and you're getting a huge amount of data through it as well. What I always like doing, as you can see the way I dress, is having tremendous amounts of pattern. He looks incredible, by the way. But the rationale behind that is very, very practical. Um, not least working food and drink, and there's often a lot of splatter around, but it means if you've got enough pattern going on, then it covers it up, you can stay looking smart. But the thing that I found from doing that is total strangers come up and speak to me. They may not say anything very nice, but at least you're breaking down those sort of awkward barriers to communication and, and it takes you all sorts of interesting places. But you know, when you're on the tube and someone just stands out in the sea because they're wearing something bright, be it a, an earmuff or a scarf or, you know, a great pair of socks, it really can cheer you up. What do you think is a good colour? Well, I was going to say yellow, I think. Yes. That's new pink. You're just seeing a lot of people this winter going into yellows, their jackets. Thank God we can put pink behind us. But yellow is a yellow is a, a colour I can fully endorse and fully get yeah. behind. And of course, it's a colour of happiness as well. It is, yeah. Um, right, let's move on to sound now. From, I mean, is there anything special you can tell us about when someone might have walked into one of your incredible events that they, they might hear something before they see something, right? I've got to say, I'm, I'm most obsessed with sound at the moment. This is your one. Um, I'm deaf in one ear, which is completely self-inflicted. So it means I really value the ear that's still working. Um, I'm sort of interested in the way that, that sound plays the subconscious. You know, we've got an, in our studio an infrasound speaker, so it plays sound below the threshold of human hearing. And it makes you feel really uncomfortable, actually. It's, it's, um, so infrasound, which is sound waves below 20 hertz, has been linked to perception of the supernatural, so seeing ghosts, Ooh, wow. discovering God. And for like most of human history, the only human man-made instruments that could create infrasound were organs. So in cathedrals that, where people have these religious experiences or maybe spooky experiences, certainly sublime ones. So we decided to experiment and see if this this link between the supernatural uh, or divine and and uh, infrasound was actually true. So we built an infrasound speaker, and you turn it on, and right the way from the other side of the studio, which is about four thousand, five thousand square foot, it's quite a big space. If that's on, you're, the whole hair on the back of your neck stands up. And I've subsequently found it's used a lot in horror films to imply that something really bad's going to happen. Wow. I'm thinking now about, you know, I was brought up Catholic. I'm thinking now about the organ and how I did used to really feel it in my gut, mm. bizarrely. Well, and, and churches are really very complex, highly developed machines to give you a sense of awe and wonder and yeah, the true. sublime and make you, make you feel very small relative to this. Have you done many events in, in churches and cathedrals and chapels? Well, we're working one at one at the moment, which is a Bible-based bodybuilding competition called Tonka's God. Did you say uh, a Bible-based bodybuilding competition? That's that's correct. Yeah, so that'll be for <laughs> that'll be for, for our Easter celebration. Let um, you know, keep keep us posted on that. That sounds absolutely incredible. You'd be very welcome to come down and judge if that's of interest. Oh, gosh, I, I wouldn't know where to start. 
Um, I heard that reggae music is supposed to be a really good one for relaxing at the end of the day. Well, I think I think they might be quite close to heart rate. Yeah. Um, and sound and music can have a very profound impact on your heart rate. One of the studies that I really love is done by some uh, psychologists up at UCL, Professor Joe Devlin there. What he did is he was investigating what happened to people as they're watching a musical. And apparently if you if you go see a piece of musical theatre, your heart rate changes so dramatically it's almost as if you've been playing sport. So it's a whole workout. It's a, just it's by, a workout. Just by going to see a musical. What's also really interesting that they didn't anticipate at all, while they wired everyone up, they're all watching My Fair Lady, I believe, as they wired everyone up to heart rate monitors, they found that as they're watching this, everyone in the audience's heart rate actually synchronised. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's How so powerful. Cool. It's so well, cool. No wonder then when you go to the theatre, you do feel so bonded to the whole experience. And you know, when you walk out together as a group and you're loving it or not, you're completely bonded in that way. But I'd, I'd imagine that you could extend that further. So if you're going to a concert, the same thing is probably happening. You're probably yeah. synchronising your heartbeat with those yeah. people around you, which, you know, n- you no wonder it's the universal, powerful yeah. experience. And also, I, I, lo- I love to meditate. And when you do a group meditation, it is so powerful. And I think because everybody's breathing at the same mm. rate as well. I'm just thinking when you said scary movies, I know a lot of people will peek between their eyes to watch a movie. I, I can watch a movie but I always turn the sound down because it is the music that they play that gets me much more than the visuals. I can handle the visuals, but I can't stand the silence and then the ee or the, you know, whatever the sound may be. Well, I think it's quite interesting to note as well that quite a lot of uh, horror movie directors are also making the scores as well. So someone like John Carpenter... If you see John Carpenter's films with that, the music is quite, it's quite shonky, but as soon as you have those scores yeah. coming in, it's so rich, it's so emotive. Um, David Lynch as well as obviously composing a lot of the, sound, the soundscapes that, yeah. that, that his films are set to, and it just, it just generates that whole rich world mm. that you can really... So it might be quite a good exercise for January when people are sort of bedding down and, and watching a lot of movies to really pay a bit more attention to the sound and uh, as well and see see how it's affecting you. I'm going to... Well, the most, most important thing is have it really loud. Have it really loud. <laughs> Invest in a, a surround sound system, right? Well, that's least, probably a good least, one. At least a subwoofer to go with whatever you've got. Yeah, so okay. If you've got, if you've got the bass, that's going to have so much more emotive impact on you. And... and one of the things I, I also love as well, this is if you happen to be having a January party and you're still going. Oh, everyone should have a January party. People will only dance when sound waves are over 80 decibels. So you need like a minimal of like 80 decibels and then people will dance. It just okay. gets in the right So what's, what's a good decibel number for eating? And then you want to get it to 80 for when you want everyone to get off the table so you can clear away. Or maybe they can clear dance, help you clear away as they dance over to the sink. This is this is if, you, if you're wrangling a decibelometer I've got yeah. no idea what the technical <laughs> term is <laughs> in your party um, I don't I don't know about that but 80 for but dancing 80, 80's, 80's your magic okay so if you've got dancing. a party or a wedding or whatever it is get it to 80 yeah allow music good speakers okay let's go to should we go to touch now mm. okay so what is this as well why can we talk about this glass oh yeah so here we've got a can glass can I touch it yeah of course you can it was, it was a glass that was given to me by an artist called Emma Witter um, and what she's done, it's, a, it's actually a dry January glass, so it's quite appropriate. And she's attached Moroccan shark's teeth all the way around the lip of a champagne glass. So if you were you to drink out of it, you, it would be perhaps unpleasant. Um, you'd certainly be paying attention to, to every sip you took. But yeah, so it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite a haptic feel. You'd be, very, you'd be very aware of your sense of touch. Actually, you can see you sort of prodding your own fingers on the tops of the shark, tips of the shark teeth on the lip of the glass there. So that, that's just a little gift for you. Do you just get 
amazing gifts like this from people. That was particularly amazing, but it was by way of an apology because we'd, we'd asked... Um, yeah, I hope you don't mind. I've read your note that she sent with it. <laughs> There's a note attached to the glass. I've just read it. <laughs> well, I've kept the note on because it's brilliant. I, I don't think you could read it out. Um, yeah, read it out. Dear Bombs and Pa, please accept this as an apology for the delays with the skull. The skull. <laughs> it's from my series Dry January, Vintage Glassware plus Moroccan shark's teeth. Lots of love, Emma Witter. But Emma was, Emma was at the time, we'd, we'd got hold of a human skull that we're turning into a drinking vessel, which references, like, you know, in um, Scandinavian, say, skull instead of cheers. Yeah, um, some of the very oldest drinking vessels ever discovered were, were human skulls. But she was curing it with resin, so you could pour liquid inside and then put straws in and, and drink out of it. Um, but uh, that took a little bit longer to cure than anticipated. Emma Witter, you're amazing, whoever you are out there. Okay, so touch. Okay, so we've just touched that. What what do you like to touch and what don't you like to touch? Um, oh our God. producer just told me he can't stand suede. Oh, God, I, I have a... I have a Gives him the heebie-jeebies. I uh, love suede. You like suede, okay. Total fear of sponge. So I can't Ooh. even, I can't even so look at sponge. You won't do washing up. I can't even look... Well, no, wash up, you know, because you can use a dishcloth anyway. Bristles and stuff. Um, but it, but it's, um, you know, just like, like those sort of like man-made sponges that you see in like really... Mm. Not a luxurious mattress. You know, I can't even stand looking at my girlfriend would end up tearing up bits of it, then putting it in my business card pocket. So to I go trick to give, you. So I go to get in a meeting to give someone a card, and then suddenly quiver in the corner because um, there's so much sponge about oh, it. I, I love can't. That. I can't even stand looking at it because it it, it it just makes me queasy. Sponge. Okay, so if you ever want to annoy him, just throw loads of sponges at him. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So what textures do you like? Because, you know, for me, I'm thinking of relaxing-wise, you know, obviously stroking my lovely soft dog is, is a really, uh, that's a happy texture for me. Um, I'm thinking of my feet as well, because one of my first jobs was in a barefoot trainer company, and we used to spend most of our time barefoot. Mm. So, you know, grass, sand, um, you know, warm seawater, cold seawater. What are nice things that people could do in January to cheer ourselves up or ground us? I also like, um, you know, pressing my face against clean glass because I'm always hot. Oh, wow. I, I was... <laughs> But I actually think I actually think touching other people is 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 the crucial one here. And like interpersonal touches is, is really crucial. You see that sports teams that touch each other a lot, whether it's like yes. fist bumping, they win more. Yeah, they touch their heads together as well, don't they? When they start. Yeah, like the, and the more the more you touch other people, the better it is. But you have to gauge the length of time you're touching people. So there's one wonderful study which shows that uh, waiters that touch their guests very very lightly on the arm for less than three seconds, and less than three seconds is is crucial. You get much much bigger tips than waiters that don't touch their customers at all. Although if they go for longer than three seconds, it just gets uncomfortable and oh, yeah. um, the tips go down because it's just a bit, bit Absolutely. Much. And is upper arm or lower arm? So back of the back of the upper arm. Back of the upper arm. And most people, if you touch people very lightly, shortly on the back of the upper arm, won't notice it. Um, but it has to be for that short period okay. of time. Okay, that's very interesting. And that's, and that's not... Your sense of touch and your boundaries of personal space will obviously change very dramatically depending on culture and, yeah. cult- and cultural norms. Any other lovely textures you think people could uh, 
I feel like in 2018 on Instagram, I saw a and lot I a, of people. I have a, I have a wonderful ritual that I, I really like doing. Please sometimes, tell us. Sometimes when I'm, I'm uh, when there's a lecture about uh, touch or something like that, and this is this is first for a. I think the first planting of polycondensata berry in the UK. Yes. So these berries are also known as marble berries, and they're the world's shiniest living thing. Wow. So they have a complex structure that reflects back light at you at a third of the, the, the intensity of, of a um, mirror. And it looks kind of pixelated and iridescent as well. They're really incredible. So we planted one for the first time in the UK. And... and it was for an art show. There was a big audience, and we're a bit worried that it wouldn't grow because normally you have a very tropical environment. And so, to help it grow, we enacted a fertility ritual in which everyone had to hold up the right hand, and then on the count of three, they had to touch it to an erogenous zone of the perfect on their right. The person on their right, wow. And everyone had their left hand free, and that was so that if they were uncomfortable, they could move their hand. Now, the curate, the art curator who was behind all of this, she gave a little, a little shriek um, as this first started. And afterwards, I went, went and asked her what had happened. And she said, well, I, that was very interesting. It's um, the first time my father, in recent memory, has touched my breasts. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, I think the thing that, that, that was crucial was, was actually, of course, there are loads of erogenous zones. That, that We've all got different ones. Well, and, and that don't feel that intimate at all. Like, it could be like the lobe of the ear. Like, I, mean, I know that Napoleon used to show favoritism by like softing the earlobes of his favourite generals, which seems like Did wonderfully. Did you call, call it softing? Is softing, that what it's called? Yeah, softing so when like, you touch so, it. Like, so rubbing, rubbing the earlobes of his favourite generals. This would be a great mark that this, that person was going to go far, which I think is a, it's a wonderfully sort of intimate <laughs> moment to these people as they as they're conquering and then being run out of Europe. Farewell, sweet earlobe. Oh. Yep, taste. Let's talk about food and drinks. So I feel like when I touch my food, I enjoy my meal more. So if I'm the one preparing the meal, I know that if I'm tossing some leaves or getting something out uh, to go in the oven and I've touched it and rubbed it in there, I feel more connected to the meal. Do you think that we could be touching more? My mum's from the Philippines. We used to eat as children with our hands more. Mm. Any of your events, are people using their hands to eat and enjoying it more? Well, one, of, one of my favourite film scenes is in Tampopo, and it's obviously a, a Raman love story and um, Raman Western. And there's one moment where they're talking about the best way to eat Raman, and uh, they take the chopsticks and rub the tines of them all the way across the bowl, getting feeling all the textures of those different ingredients. Then move the meat into the top corner and prod it and say, "See you later, my old friend." And that sort of sensual moment of like, you know, almost like caressing your dish before you eat it. I think it really enhances your appreciation. I, I, I got to say, I don't always do that when I'm eating. I think people think, think it's really creepy. <laughs> but um, I, it does. It, I do think about it a lot. Yeah. I really love watching children eat, mm. you know, especially the little ones when they're in their high chairs and they're squishing the food and putting it into their mm. mouth. And you can tell that they're really connecting with the food by the way that they pick it up. And if you ever put a child near a a block of butter they love it don't they kids are just so attracted to butter and their hands are getting in everywhere yeah I mean I love to eat with my, with, with my hands and there is a dark side to that as well of course 
What's that then? So in, in competitive eating, when yes. um, they're trying to get as much food as in their hot mouth dog as competitions. possible, hot dog competitions, and you've seen it in Nathan's, but then some competitors do what they call pre-mastication, yes. which is using their hands as little mouths to yep. chew up the food before they stuff it in their gob. So and they that, could be chewing with one hot dog and getting the next ones going with their other hands. Squidging it with their hands. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, it's completely horrid. So I think, I think, I think there, are, there are extremes that we probably don't want to go to with touching our food. But as we keep coming back to it, all of our senses, the more we're engaging them and activating them, the more we're actually savouring whatever's going on. So let's go for let's go for smell now. What smell do you like? Do you wear a, a scent? No, not at you all. So I, I, I really like, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy perfumes, but I think having one to smell all the time, it ruins the palate. And there was, there was a time actually in uh, dining when you wouldn't actually have any natural flowers on the table. Yeah. Uh, the rationale being you didn't want to mess with all the, all the flavours you're getting in the food yes. um, through the centre of the, center, the You know, when you flowers. go into a fancy hotel or a restaurant within a hotel or into a restaurant and there's a big bunch of lilies and it's all you can smell because they're so, you know, over, over the top. And it's, complete, it's completely overwhelming. I, I do actually remember I had a, oh God, I don't even want to say, but I remember I had a dance teacher when I was younger and he had a really strong perfume mm. and um, I couldn't remember my steps when I was smelling it because I, I, I actually found it over-intoxicating. Mm. It was a nice smell, mm. I think, but maybe because I was especially sensitive. Are children more sensitive to smell? Do we lose some of our, our you smell? Lose, you lose all, all of we your lose senses all of them, you yeah. <laughs> like, It doesn't matter what senses. They, they <laughs> Come all, back. They all dull down as you grow up. They, so, and you'll see it like with with kids sort of covering their ears and things that for us aren't particularly noisy. Yes. If, they're, if they're going on the tube, it might be completely overwhelming. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of that, a lot of that can be about you know, initially a, a lot of our senses are, are warning senses. So you know, they're telling us when something's about to poison us or about to damage us very quickly. So you know, children might be a bit more sensitive to some of those things, and they've also not had years of inculcating themselves to difficult bitter flavors for like example. broccoli there is a reason a lot of kids don't like broccoli and sprouts isn't there they find the bitterness well the, the bitters enhanced and, and and so their sensitivity of bitters much heightened to an yeah. adult and also we've not spent years drinking teas and coffees and things that, that have a lot of bitterness but also bitters just to signify for poison yeah okay <laughs> let's talk about the sixth sense what are your thoughts how how in tune are you with your gut and so for me, the sixth sense, hundred percent gut feelings. Yeah. And um, you know, we're seeing the gut as the second brain at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that the, your guts have more brain cells than in the head of a cat. Cats are pretty bright. So yeah, they certainly really, think they are, aren't they? Well, you should, you should, <laughs> exactly. I, I think I think you should really I think you should really trust your gut. And do you listen to your gut in business as well? I got it with everything. Yeah. Um, and, and like you know, it's been so interesting because like over, throughout human history, uh, food's always been used in fortune telling. Has it really? So, I've never yes. had my fortune told. Tell, tell us about that. What, through food? Yeah. No. no. Oh, was it tea? It was tea. tea? You get tea leaf reading, what coffee else? grinds. Coffee grinds, uh, yes, you're right. You go get horispiki, which is um, with the Romans slashing out livers and bullocks' hearts and things like that, and then reading futures in them. But there are all sorts, there are all sorts of, in, I think in Spain, and, and around New Year's, you'll look at grapes and you'll eat 12 grapes. And the sweeter the grape, the better the corresponding month of the year is going to be for you over the next year. I would definitely cheat that. I'd definitely like make sure that I had a whole bunch of grapes <laughs> that's really sweet rather than getting some, uh, some sour ones in there as well, which indicate a bad month. But there, there are countless ways to, to tell fortune of food. Moods. If you're having a bad day, what are your ways to turn it around? Is there anything you do well, I think, to I take think, yourself I think, away? I think somewhere? this has to be different for everyone. And, yeah. and I think it's really important at some point understanding what makes you happy. And there's, there's never going to be anything that's universal because everyone's very, very different. 
Yeah, for myself, like I was exercise a lot, which really helps. And I, I do that by and large just for the mood benefits of it. And just because I work with a big studio and I don't want to snap at people. I want to I want to give them time. I want to give them attention. I want to value their work. And having gone for a really long run before I speak to them really helps with that sort of patience and, 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 and interest in them. Can I ask, when you run, do you listen to anything or do you like the, the birds cheeping and just listening to your, your breathing or podcast? Oh, yeah. Per- like personally, I like learning all the time. So, yeah. you know, it's just doing what I do is about creativity and creativity doesn't exist in a vacuum. You don't sit down with a blank page and you know, suddenly this onslaught of ideas emerges or if you do, you're very lucky. So I spend my time trying to research Lots and lots and lots of interesting books, interesting work, you know, what's, and what's happening in the world so you can be in touch with the zeitgeist and not, not doing something that seems derivative or, or out of sorts. Mm. But yeah, so I think, I think it's important that people find what, what makes them happy. For me, it's just reading in the bath. I yeah, absolutely love that. I love reading in the it's, bath. It's just the best. I think I, unless I do it every day, I'm, I feel completely dreadful. But it, do, it doesn't have to be very long. Tom Ford said he took five baths a day and that's where he'd be his most creative. But I just think this is incredible. How can you have the time to take five baths a day? Because he's Tom Ford. That's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> impressive. He's got, he's got things worked out. Maybe he's also doing cold baths and hot baths because that's a thing as well, isn't it, to stimulate us, jumping in and out of different baths. Because I mean, yeah, it would take a while for well, things to warm if up. You've, if you've only got one bath, you have to run it. <laughs> I imagine that Tom's like got a load. Lot, that's quite, that sounds like quite a lot of hard work. <laughs> Um, right. So in 2019, your final tips, one, one thing that we can do to stimulate our senses more and one thing we could do to calm them down a little bit more. Uh, to stimulate. You know, my modus operandi my, my, my for 2019 is going to be eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow, you diet. <laughs> Sam, you're amazing and fascinating. Thank you so much for being on here. It's been a delight. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on this sensory teaser. I'll be back next week with the first instalment of this new season of Live Life Better. First up, we're going to be concentrating on sight. I'll be exploring how seeing things differently can really enhance our well-being. And to do this, we're going to be joined by a few authors. We've got Carl Ryberg, whose new book, Light Your Life, will be inspiring us on how to thrive by bringing more light into our lives. Plus, I'll be experiencing the world of chroma yoga a revolutionary new approach to yoga. It combines light and colour therapy, brain-stimulating soundscapes and bespoke scents, and it sounds truly immersive. I cannot wait to give that one a go. If you'd like to know more about the guests on this show, head over to virgin.com. Get involved with the conversation on Twitter, at Virgin, using the hashtag LiveLifeBetter. Live Life Better is a picture you production for Virgin. From me, Melissa Hemsley, goodbye. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in-person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 